Blog Talk Radio. I shall not fear no man but God. Though I walk through the valley of death. Back in elementary, I thrived on misery Left me alone, I grew up amongst the dying breed Inside my mind, couldn't find a place to rest Until I got that dog like tatted on my chest Tell me, can you feel me? I'm not living in the past, you wanna last Be the first to blast, remember Cato No longer with the seat deceased Call on the sirens, seen them murdered in the streets Now rest in peace Dead heaven for a G, remember me So many homies in the cemetery shed so many tears uh, I suffered through the years and shed so many tears Lord, I lost so many tears and shed so many tears Now that I'm struggling in this business by any means Label me greedy, getting green, but seldom seen And fuck the world cause I'm cursed I'm having visions of leaving here in the hearse God, can you feel me? Take me away from all the pressure and all the pain Show me some happiness again I'm going blind I spent my time in the cell Ain't living well I know my destiny is hell But did I fail? My life is in denial And when I die Baptized in eternal fire Shed so many tears Lord I suffered through the years And shed so many tears Lord, I lost so many tears, they shed so many tears Now I'm lost and I'm weary, so many tears I'm suicidal, so don't stand near me My every move is a calculated step To bring me closer, to embrace an early death Now there's nothing left There was no mercy on the streets, I couldn't rest I'm barely standing, about to go to peace and scream peace And though my soul was deleted, I couldn't see it I had my mind full of demons trying to break free They planted seeds and they had spark in the flame Inside my brain like a match, such a dirty game No memories, just the misery, painting a picture of my enemies killing me in my sleep. Will I survive till the moan and the see the sun? Please Lord forgive me for my sins, cause here I come. Lord, I suffer through the years and shed so many tears. God, I lost so many tears. Lord knows I tried. Been a witness to homicide. To drive by, taking lives, little kids die. Wonder why as I walk by. Broken hearted as I glance at the chalk line, getting high. This ain't the life for me, I wanna change. But ain't no future right for me. I'm stuck in the game. I'm trapped inside a maze. See this tang array of fluids, see they're getting crazy. This illusion lately. I've been really wanting babies, so I can see a part of me that wasn't always shady. Don't trust my lady, cause she's a product of this poison. I'm hearing noises, think she's fucking on my boys. Can't take no more. I'm falling to the floor, begging for the Lord to let me into heaven's door. Shed so many tears. Lord, I lost so many years, it's just so many tears.
Timmy Joshua Live here. Eighteen years ago, Tupac Shakur was shot and murdered in Las Vegas. Now, um, his murder has not been solved. Some people think Tupac is still alive. <laughs> think that they paid off cops and doctors in Las Vegas, took the uh, car to somewhere in Las Vegas that not many people are, which personally I don't know of a place. <laughs> they think they shot the car door at themselves and then had paid off police officers and doctors and everything to take them away and, you know, used uh, blood bags and things of this nature. And, and he's, he's still alive. Um, living in Cuba, Tupac would be 43 years old today. The thing about Tupac is how amazing he is. At the time of his death, he was only 25 years old. Like, uh, to think about everything that he did and accomplished, you know, such a young age, is like, uh, anyway, we're, I'm not going to get into how Tupac is the greatest rapper of all time. That's pretty much undisputed. Um, a couple months ago, I made a group on Facebook, Tupac versus. You know, I put him against different rappers. I put him against Macklemore. Of course, he won that with ease. Then I put him against Lil Wayne, who's been a the top rapper of our of current time, and um, he won that battle too. You know, but from the people, not just myself saying it, but you know, there, there's no question. Uh, Tupac's greatest of all time, the most polarizing. Like, uh, if you're to build a rapper from the ground up, as they say, you you would have Tupac. But uh, anyway, to go back to uh, 13 years ago, not was it 13 years ago? What the fuck am I even saying? 18 years ago. Why am I saying 13 years ago? Because I just did a show about 9/11. See, now I'm, now I'm all fucked up. <laughs> anyway, on September 6, 1996, Tupac was shot. Um, white Cadillac pulled up next to the car that a ship was driving. Tupac was a passenger side. An arm came out of the window and started firing into the vehicle. And Tupac was shot. Um, Suge was hit by some fragments. And, uh, he claims to still have a bullet in his head to this day from that shooting. Now, um, a bullet inside of Suge's head, he got shot in the head that night. One of the uh, biggest suspects in the... Uh, murder investigation of Tupac Shakur is actually should Knight. Snoop Dogg, you know, he went on record saying, when asked, who killed Tupac? He said, the, well, the bleep sitting right next to him. <laughs> the guy sitting right next to him, which would be Shook Knight. Um, should put out a bounty on Snoop Dogg, so, you know, like, uh, far be it for Snoop at the time to try to make Shug look guilty of anything, you know, when Shug was threatening his life. So I, I, I don't know how much you know, salt we can put into uh, Snoop's comments when he says that Suge was, in fact, the guy that had Tupac killed. I would not be sitting next to a guy in a car like, yeah, I'm putting a hit out on Tupac. Just go ahead and fire and roll up next to us and shoot us as we're in this car, you know. Like, well, shoot him as we're in this car. But, you know, that, that seems pretty really risky to me, you know. Some people say, well, I make Shug look like not not very guilty of it, you know. If you're sitting next to a guy 
and you're a victim yourself, then nobody's going to point the finger at you as far as killing uh, Tupac. A lot of weird, freaky uh, things and facts I'm about to read off here about the, uh, the uh, what happened the night Tupac was killed. Well, shot, he died six days later uh, because of a respiratory failure, and they removed one of his lungs, and you know there was a lot of internal bleeding, and it was actually a Finnish Kerr's mom that decided, like, yeah, um, stop trying to save him, and just pulled the plug on him. But, uh, you know, the fact remains, uh, a lot of weird, like, scenarios and things, uh, conspiracies, and you know, as far as uh, who actually killed Tupac or what I'm going to be talking about. Now, uh, Pac was leaving Death Row Records. Like, that's a fact. Shook Knight paid however much he had to pay to get Tupac out of jail, and then Tupac immediately, you know, in like seven days, recorded All Eyes on Me as double album, and um, they released it on Death Row Records. Shook Knight had ascertained the hottest star in hip-hop, and he was now on Death Row Records. And uh, he owed Death Row three albums. That was the deal. Like, uh, And again, like their whole contract, it was shown once on a show on NBC. It was like written on like a piece of paper. It was like really unprofessional, their whole contract. But Tupac, you know, per should, bailing him out of jail, promised Death Row three albums. This is why he was recording. As much as he did, as fast as he did, that's that's why we have like 100 songs recorded by Tupac in like a few months back in late 95, early 96, because he was making those albums as quickly as possible and then going to go from there. Now, that would anger me. <laughs> if I'm Shug Knight and, you know, I just bailed, bailed you out, then like, you know, you're on parole, out on bail, fresh out of jail. You know, like, uh, that would piss me off. But uh, why would I have the uh, hottest rapper in the country, like my top guy, killed? Like, uh, something could be said for Shug Knight, though, how he treated Snoop Dogg and threatening to kill Snoop Dogg as he did after Snoop Dogg left the label. Like, that points to his character, person. He spent a lot more time with Snoop than he did Tupac, you know, many years with Snoop before... You know, I suppose maybe one was Pac. So, I mean, you, you can't necessarily say that this is beyond Suge as far as uh, having Pac killed as he is a suspect in the case. Um, the bottom line is he was sitting right next to Tupac, um, so it's unlikely. So I don't know if we can really... People that say Suge had a... The hit put out on Pac to kill him on that night. Um, not looking too likely. Um, Frank Alexander was a uh, Tupac's bodyguard. He put out a book called Got Your Back. He made a documentary that I watched. Um, he said a lot of things about how they were told not to carry guns on them on the night of that Tupac was shot, September six, September seventh, nineteen ninety six. They were actually told not to. Uh, carry the guns on them, have them in the trunk or whatever. Uh, Tupac told Frank Alexander to not drive him to a club 662 where they were going after the Mike Tyson fight. He was just like, yeah, 
she'll go drive me. You'll be driving a different car. So, you know, if we need more cars, you know, after we get all intoxicated and fucked up at this place, like, you, you know, you could drive, you know, one of us. And they had the uh, outlaws. They had a whole entourage with them after that Mike Tyson fight in uh, Vegas. The thing about Las Vegas, I've been there three times. Any hour of the day, hundreds of people are there on the strip. So uh, what these witnesses say, you know, like uh, that were talked to, <laughs> like uh, this car was shot up. Tupac had a – he was sticking his, you know, whole body out of the sunroof four minutes before he was shot. They were hollering at some, some bitches that had pulled up to the left of the car. And so, you know, this could have been like the craze fan. This could have been someone that was a Biggie fan. Just Tupac had just released Hit Him Up. You know, Tupac claimed to fuck Biggie's wife, uh, Faith Evans. You know, if you never heard Hit Him Up, I don't know, like uh, what rock you're living under. But, you know, a few months before Tupac was killed, he released this diss track, you know, basically dissing uh, Biggie the most. Also said, you know, fuck other people like Cheeto Excel. This, that. But, um, yeah, he claimed to have had sex with Biggie's wife. But, you know, if you're in a rap beef, you know, that that's certainly uh, something that would make Biggie a suspect. The whole East Coast, West Coast war, you know, that was in full swing at the time. You know, you had people like Wyclef and the Fuji's like, yeah, Tupac, California love, you know, you don't do your raps talking like shit, like, yeah, the east side is the best side, or whatever, you know, <laughs> people like Q-Tip, Wyclef, you know, from the east coast, you know, Snoop, but Tupac wasn't for that east coast, west coast shit, he, he was all about, you know, building one nation and unity, yeah, Method Man, Red Man, we're on all eyes on me, you're on east coast, Tupac's from the east coast, so this was more so beef between Suge Knight and Puff Daddy, you know, who we may now know as Diddy or, you know, Sean Puffy Combs, Diddy, Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, whatever the fuck you want to call it, sorry ass. <laughs> um, you know, this was a this was a war between them because you had Bad Boy Records on the East Coast, you had Death Row Records already doing their thing on the West Coast, and then Bad Boy started making noise with Biggie and, you know, for a small time for the Craig Max single, Flavor in Your Ear, you know. And, um, Tupac and Biggie used to be friends. Tupac used to let Biggie come up and rap during his shows, like, Tupac would be doing a set. He'd let Biggie come up and do, you know, his little two songs. And, you know, he taught Biggie how, you know, to take, you know, stop doing uh, that lyrical shit if you're really trying to blow up in the mainstream, you know, just make songs for the bitches. Because, <laughs> you know, people want what the, you know, the bitches will buy a record to, you know, people want what the bitches want. <laughs> so, and then, you know, you've seen Biggie go from partying bullshit to Big Papa. Like that kind of thing, like Tupac was the mentor of Biggie. But, you know, when Tupac was shot in, a, in Manhattan, you know, in a recording studio, like uh, where Biggie and other people were at, you know, like he certainly felt like, you know, they knew the assailants that shot him. So uh, when you say, you know, you claim to be a player, but I fucked your wife, you know, that's fighting words. Those might even be, you know, oh, kill, killing words. So, you know, Biggie's always been a suspect. But, um, you know, he was recording in the studio in New York at the time. 
and there's like an actual document showing that he was recording that song, a nasty, I don't know if it was nasty girl, or nasty boy, probably nasty girl or whatever, that came out on Life After Death a year later. Um, yeah, Biggie was in New York, but uh, he still has never been rolled out as a suspect. You know, people say that Biggie had Tupac killed, and then Tupac had Biggie killed. You know, well, Tupac, not Tupac, but you know, Shug and Death Row had Biggie killed. You know, six months later as retaliation. All that makes sense, or is that what they want you to think? Is there something else going on here? So, Biggie, I mean. Not a real likely suspect, but but someone you can't count out in in the picture. Puff Daddy, more so, Sean Puffy Combs. Now, Detective Gray Gray Cading wrote a book called Murder Rap. You know, and he implicated Puffy in the murder of Tupac. Like he basically said that yes, you know, when Puff Daddy goes out there, you know, he has Crips working for him doing security work for him. So, you know, Bad Boy Records would use Crips as security when they went to the West Coast. You know, Puff Daddy, you know, he has the money to pay for the hit. Because, you know, you pay someone enough money and you pretty much get anything done in the world. You know, like the million dollar man would say, you know, everybody has a price. But, um, yeah, Puff Daddy is, is, is the face of evil, mainly for his blackness, I'd say. <laughs> mainly for him, you know, <laughs> anything ever. He's just the face of evil. But, you know, feeling threatened by Shug and Tupac and all the things they were saying, I mean, you know, would Puff Daddy really, really go to that extent? You know, I don't. I don't think so. Like, uh, I don't think you can implement Puffy and Biggie in the murder as Greg Kading did. He was a detective who, you know, if you read the book Murder Rap or listen to the interview with him on YouTube, like, uh, he has all the information, you know, all the uh, gang members and witnesses and people they did talk to. And really don't much of an investigation because people wouldn't talk. But um, he did implicate, you know, Puff Daddy and the murder, but I'm, I'm, I kind of think the more likely suspect is a gentleman by the name, goes by the street name of Baby Lane. His real name's Orlando Anderson. Orlando Baby Lane Anderson was uh, actually a gang member out there who had uh, stolen a death row chain from, uh, I think it was Trevon. Uh, I don't know, remember the guy's name, but it was a friend of Tupac's, and that's the guy that came up to Tupac when they were at the MGM Grand and said, look, that's the motherfucker that took my death row chain. And then the whole entourage, you know, beat down Orlando Anderson after the uh, Mike Tyson fight there at the MGM Grand in the casino on September 7, 1996. So, uh, you know, knowing that, and there's video of Orlando Anderson after it being, like, confronted in the question. He was later, you know, had a sit-down interview on television and asked, you know, if he had anything to do with this. And, you know, he claimed his innocence, saying that he was a victim. You know, like, uh, they all beat me down. Like, I myself am a Tupac fan. But, you know, a lot of people say the guy who stuck his arm out of the white Cadillac was, in fact, Orlando Anderson. And that's the guy that shot Tupac for what had just happened, you know, moments ago at the MGM Grand. Um, 
thing about that, uh, who would, you know, Orlando Anderson was, you know, murdered, you know, fucking months later, what they call it, an unrelated gang shooting, or was it related? Nobody knows. You know, the streets aren't talking on any of this shit. But, um, I can't believe that Orlando Anderson even was the, the shooter. Because, I mean, you know, Las Vegas, if you've been there, very hard to navigate your way on the street there. If you're driving a car there, like, uh, you know, that would have had to have been like opportunity knocking. Like, yeah, they're in a white Cadillac. They're look, they're pissed off. They want to kill Tupac. Oh, shit, there he is, you know. <laughs> Throw up right beside him. Like, uh, he was still being questioned at MGM Grand, you know, like, uh, like, uh, they would have lost where Tupac was. It would have had to have been complete, like, happenstance. Like, holy shit. And maybe that's what it was, you know. Maybe people like to believe that Biggie, you know, like, was behind it. Because that's a lot more glamorous than this guy, Orlando Anderson, actually being the trigger man. And, you know, for Tupac to be taken down by just, you know, random gang member, you know, Fox isn't as good, so somewhere in the psyche might want to believe that uh, it was actually Orlando Anderson, but uh, we don't know. The only person that actually, in a car behind Tupac, that said that he saw the shooter and could provide, provide police with a description was uh, Gaddafi of the group The Outlaws. Uh, his real name's Yafu Fula. Like, he was actually cooperating. He was like, yeah, I, I saw the shooter. I was right there in the car. You know, behind them, I can give you a description of the shooter. Uh, again, like, you know, failed, you know, police investigation because they only talked to him on that night of the shooting. They only talked to a Qaddafi on that night. But uh, Yafu Fula Qaddafi of the Outlaws was murdered um, November 10th, 1996 in uh, New Jersey, which is where he was from. He was uh, killed, shot in the head over what, you know, police ended up saying was a money dispute. Like uh, Gaddafi was there to see his girlfriend or whatever. But uh, they said it was a money dispute. <laughs> or, you know, was it, was it them killing the guy that could potentially provide police with the uh, description of the shooter and everything? Now, uh, that's a lot of time to go by. That's two, you know, two months they never talked to him. So it's either the police didn't give a shit to get the description of the shooter, you know, something else was going on here. Like, why did they ignore Gaddafi's, you know, trying to come forward with the description of the shooter and, and provide a statement and everything? Like, that's that's the part of the story that's really fishy to me. Is they say how uncooperative everyone was, you know, and how Shug wouldn't talk, you know. Like, no, nothing like this, but... uh there was someone that was going to talk. He was a member of Tupac's, you know, rap group, The Outlaws, all over Tupac's albums. And, you know, it's a shame, too, because Gaddafi is actually one of the, you know, if not the most talented member of The Outlaws, you know, so it's a shame that they took his life. I know Tupac was going to start Machiavelli Records, and, you know, Gaddafi would have dropped solo albums on the label, you know. He was a guy, you know, shined most on the song, Me Against the World, from the Me Against the World album. But uh, 
he just had a voice and a talent. Now, unlike Big Psych, who, you know, was shitty, ruled the world. It's like maybe the worst voice in hip-hop, despite, you know, post-car accident D.O.C., Big Psych, you know. So, so it's a shame that Gaddafi was killed in the war. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's fish. Uh, there's a lot of spooky uh, things that happen on the uh, Machiavelli album. Now, uh, when you actually get the Machiavelli album, and like I believe I remember, like October, even like late October, early November, that that, that CD came out. Beanie came over with it. <laughs> the CFG team, uh, Beanie, came over with that CD. Put the CD in. Press play. Press play on Machiavelli. You know, seven day theory album. First thing you hear is like some some bell, and then you hear Shug shot me. And that's really spooky. You go listen to it right now. The yeah, first track, the bomb first off the Machiavelli album. Play that, you know, turn the volume up, whatever you got to do. You hear Shug shot me. Now, was that like a possible, again, like in light of Tupac's death, stir controversy or whatever, or sell records, that kind of thing, like Shug inserted that himself, or, you know, did uh, Tupac know that he was going to be murdered that night? And, uh, I mean, it's all way too much to try to wrap your head around. And there's so many lyrics like, heard a rumor I died, murdered in cold blood, traumatized. You know, like when, what Tupac says is, is really alarming, but it could have, you know, could be a result of him being shot the first time back in the uh, recording studio a couple of years before. So, I mean... I don't know how how much to really put into that. And, uh, yeah, final thing to get into about Tupac was that uh, there was a photo from Tupac's autopsy that was released in this book by Kathy Scott. She had a book called The Killing of Tupac Shakur. Somehow managed to obtain a picture from Tupac's autopsy. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know if you've seen the picture, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, then uh, you, know, you don't. But there's a picture of Tupac laying on a table, which you know what they call like the Y cut when they do an autopsy, like his whole chest cut open. You can see like back of his head cut open and part of his skull exposed. And she claimed that this was, you know, the for sure proof that uh, Tupac was dead. Um, one, you know, how did this woman obtain that picture? There's videos on YouTube showing you in depth how that picture could be fake. Um, there's things I've read saying that there was never an autopsy done, that he was just cremated the next day. So, I mean, how, how could this exist? But uh, the main smoking gun is the fact that Tupac, in you know, the last year of his life, had a tattoo on a new tattoo on his neck, Machiavelli. A tattoo on his neck that said Machiavelli. And you can't see that in the autopsy picture that uh, was in Kathy Scott's book. So that right there would lead you to believe either due to lighting issues in the picture or that autopsy picture was fake, which, uh, again, doesn't necessarily prove that Tupac didn't die if that picture was fake for Kathy Scott to still be talked about by a fuck like me 18 years later and talk about our book, The Killing of Tupac's Core, and people that make money, and I don't know. But um, 
you cannot see his neck belly tattoo on his neck. So, you know, if I'm rolling out Suge Knight pretty much, even though, you know, it seems like the most damning evidence is against him, I'm rolling out Biggie and Puffy. If I'm even rolling out Orlando Anderson, just because that, that whole, you know, if he was the guy that killed Tupac, that's just complete, like, very lucky <laughs> to end up rolling up right next to him, that kind of thing. But, you know, all of those things could have been could have been the case. But um, there was someone else that had a real reason to be upset with Tupac that I'm now going to point the finger at tonight as a possible suspect. And uh, put a picture up of this gentleman on Facebook earlier tonight and deleted it. Um, <sighs> if anyone has a reason to be mad at Suge Knight and Tupac and the you know, try to send some goons to roll up next to him and, you know, shoot in the car. Who's to say that Tupac was the intended victim? Who's, you know, who's going to argue that, you know, someone wasn't trying to shoot both of them? Now, some of the mad at both Suge and Tupac, you know, maybe they both were intended to be the victims. Now, who, who that we have not talked about would have reason to want... Suge Knight and Tupac, you know, if you pissed them enough to try to kill them, the person would be on grade one, Dr. Dre. Now, um, if you're not too familiar with uh, not who Dr. Dre is, but uh, what was going on at the time, um, Dr. Dre left Death Row Records because he felt like he lost creative control. He was mad as hell at Suge Knight. You know, they started Death Row Records together, but, uh, should just sign Tupac. And Dr. Dre was mad. He was like, you know, he did that on his own. Like, everything's supposed to go through me. You know, I'm trying to... What Dr. Dre said, what an engineer that is interviewed, you can find it, you know, on YouTube, whatever. He said, you know, Dr. Dre said, I'm trying to keep a level of quality here. So I'm mad that Suge Knight had signed Tupac. Which that comment upsets me because, you know, Tupac is a much better rapper than you know, Dr. Dre, and, you know, fucking, if not all love, then most of Death Row, so why that, uh, he, clearly he didn't like Tupac, but, you know, he's even come out in interviews saying, you know, I gave Tupac California love, and, you know, I kind of kept that for myself, much like he produced, you know, in the club, it was supposed to be for detox, he gave it the 50 cent, like, it's just something Dr. Dre does, um, <laughs> but um, he seems really spiteful in all of this. But why would it be? Well, because despite, you know, leaving Death Row and Suge Knight, you know, anytime someone leaves Death Row, as we find out with Snoop Dogg, Suge, Suge goes on the attack and threatens their life and pretty much fucking, I'm going to kill you, fuck you, you know what But uh, Tupac himself was very disrespectful and, uh, you know, what Dr. Dre did to help him and giving him California love and that song and everything. But, uh, Tupac actually was claiming that Dr. Ray was a faggot. Like he would, he would literally like all the time say like him and Shug, like Dr. Dre's at peanuts, you know. Like, he's he's got a boyfriend named Bruce. He's been fucking for eight years, you know. Fuck that faggot. We're killing him. We don't need him. Death Row's having this new, we're the new untouchable Death Row. Fuck Dr. Dre and all this and that. So I'm gonna point the finger at somebody that nobody ever has. I don't think. Uh, 
Dr. Dre. Like, again, there's another guy, just like Pokey, who would have the resources and have the money to fucking take out a hit on him. And Dr. Dre, being out there on the West Coast, he's, he's certainly, you know, Biggie and Puffy were mad at him. You know, Dr. Dre had his reasons, too. Dr. Dre's out there on the West I don't doubt that he still talks to Frank Alexander, Tupac's bodyguard, knows exactly where Tupac's going to be, etc. So, uh, you know, that could be a sleeper here. I don't know if Dr. Dre was ever interviewed or questioned by police for his involvement in the Tupac killing, but uh, maybe he should be. <laughs> maybe that's why they haven't solved the case, because nobody's looking at Dr. Dre as a guy that... <sighs> anyway, it's, it's, it's sad, and we lost one of the greatest artists of all time, and I'll take the investigation while it be solved. Well, who killed Tupac? 